everyone, and welcome to the Learn to Lead podcast brought to you by Ability, an experiential learning company based in beautiful Austin, Texas. I'm your host, Matthew Confer, and today on the show, we have Brennan McEachran, who is the CEO and co-founder of Soapbox, which is a suite of tools to help managers lead their team. He has spent more than a decade in the leadership and employee engagement space, building apps to create better relationships between managers and their teams. Thanks so much for joining us today, Brennan. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. Well, I'm looking forward to the conversation, and I want to start with something that I found on your Soapbox website, and it says this, quote, we believe that managers are the single most important reason why an employee shows up and tries every single day. That's why we're building a tool that will help them coach, communicate, and collaborate better with their team. So I'm curious, what led you to the opportunity? How did you identify the gap in the market? And, and why did you choose to found this company? Yeah, I mean, man, I like that sentence. Thank you for, for, for picking it out. I almost want to say, like, beyond belief, I just think that's a fact. Um, but, you know, this is an interesting kind of learning that, I, you know, we've, we've come across and in a way I think tried to take a bullish step forward and, re and really kind of push the industry in the direction that we believe is right. So my co-founder and I have been um, in, as you mentioned, the employee engagement space for about 10 years. We started building feedback software for large enterprises, like you name it, Coke, Pepsi, Walmart, um, you know, deployed our app to their thousands, hundreds of thousands of employees to collect their feedback on how to make the workplace better. Um, and we learned a ton in doing that. Um, not only like a ton in what do the masses want out of a workplace, um, you know, across the entire world, um, but we also learned a ton in how does feedback flow at organizations and how should it flow and how does it flow when our software is not there, right? Um, and one of the interesting things is that, the, the, you know, the first, you know, iteration, I guess, of this like feedback software started as like, you know, here's this big enterprise tool we deploy out to all of the employees all at once and the employees sign into it and they type their ideas and they vote on them. They type their feedback, they vote on it. And then we'll take the top voted ones. It'll go to HR. HR will route it, you know, to the right executive um, and the executive will comment on it and kind of figure out like, do we want to do this? Do we not want to do this? The truth is executives are pretty busy so they won't say this, you know, especially to the team, but the, the truth is like what eventually happens is the executives go like, this is cool. We should keep doing this. Therefore I need to delegate it. Right. So it delegates down um, and it goes to a VP and then, you know, it delegates from that VP uh, to, and splits into five and it goes to some directors and there are five directors now, um, you know, responding to feedback, depending on the topic. And then, you know, it gets delegated down all the way to, you know, some the, the actual individual contributor that can actually do it, right? Like they get to decide. And so, you know, you end up with this like really complex system that goes from a frontline employee all the way up to the executives and then all the way back down basically to a frontline employee, which is kind of silly because if you really want something, you know, to be done fast, you would just have those two people talk directly. Like, wouldn't that be better? Um, and so kind of sensing that that was basically long-term, like if we connected all of these dots together, eventually that would be the most efficient pattern. We basically decided like, Hey, what if we jumped straight to that? What if we got built an app 
that allowed these managers to just directly communicate with the with those people. Um, and knowing that you know ninety eight percent of uh, feedback that actually got implemented at organizations came from um, uh, one team or came from a team and then eventually got implemented by that exact same team, we said the absolute best way to do it would be to look at the core unit, which is a team um, and a manager, and what would it look like if we could make feedback um, 10 times better for those two people, the direct report, the manager, to share feedback up and down um, individually and then across the team. And if we could do that, if we could really make that 10 times better, um, we would solve, I think, for the first time, what you know for 20 years we've been calling the employee engagement crisis. Um, and you know, for the folks who who haven't been following that for twenty years, ten years, um, uh, employee engagement across North America hasn't changed at all. Um, uh, no matter how many systems we throw at it, the same amount of people are engaged um, day in day out. And just as that quote says, the number one factor whether or not you're engaged or not is your direct manager. So um, we we kind of said we think it's time someone stopped building engagement tools for HR and started building those engagement tools for the people that um, seem to actually do it, which is which is the managers leading those teams. So that's what Soapbox is today. What, what surprised you? I mean, companies iterate so much when they're getting started and they're, they're constantly changing. Well, what surprised you at least early on in the journey that maybe you didn't expect people were looking for from a tool tool like this? Well, I think the, the, the first surprise is that there isn't a tool like this, right? Like the, the, the hardest part about our journey so far is like, what do we even call ourselves, right? Like it, it's weird in that like there's sales software, there's engineering software, there's um, marketing software, there's HR software, right? There's board software. Um, and yet like the higher paid folks in your workplace um, don't have like manager software there's no software for like people problems right like we read books at airports um, as we travel from office to office about leadership but there's no leadership software right um so i thought that was like a surprising weird piece um and then the funny thing is like when you actually go out and start talking to people about it they're like wow leadership you don't need software for leadership leadership isn't something that can be helped with software um and I think that's the same thing people said about sales like 40 years ago, right? Or like, you know, the 30, 20 years ago, oh, we don't need CRMs. Like sales is relationship-based and you should you know, visit them and talk to them in person. That's how sales gets done. Um, or like, you know, 10, 10 years ago, 15 years ago about dating, right? Like why would we need a dating app? Um, you know, dating is a very personal thing. So, well, just because it's a, a personal thing um, between two people doesn't mean software can't, can't can't be helpful with that. Um, and so, I, I mean, there's, there's countless um, little things I think that we've picked up and learned and uh, obviously happy to share them. But I think the broadest sense is that um, people don't know or people don't realize that, A, this is really, really hard. Um, and, uh, and it's okay to have a tool to help you do hard things. Um, and uh, it's just weird that, that this is the kind of last area in business um, that doesn't have a, a software category yet, really, that's made it to mainstream. Hmm. Well, one of the things on, on your website that, that's really compelling is, is the thought of really enhancing and improving your approach to, to meetings, which is some yeah. are kind of the bane of everybody's existence, but they yeah. can be 
a lot better. If, if you had to, to pull out a couple of things that you think, maybe not that we don't do well, but that we could do better with regards to meetings um, from a managerial perspective, what would be one of the two things, one or a couple of things that you guys have found? Yeah, so my, um, I think I hate bad meetings as much as everyone else does. Um, my favorite quote, though, on it, or it's not even a quote, it's a chapter of a book um, uh, called uh, High Output Management. And the chapter goes, or the title of the chapter says, uh, uh, meetings are the medium of management. So, you know, your your opportunity as a leader or as a manager, um, your your medium for a lot of your leadershipy things and your managery things um, can happen in a media, meeting. That's the, That's a moment that you have. Um, as a leader, and if you take advantage of it, you you um, act across that medium to do managery things or leadershipy things. And um, uh, if you don't, then you're you're missing up out on that opportunity. And funny enough, right? Like what you can do um, across those meetings is really basic things you've probably heard a million times over, but we just forget to do. Like the the rocket science of a good meeting isn't really rocket science it's it's not hard because it's technically challenging it's hard because we're lazy creatures of habit and so our habits are you know we show up to meetings unprepared um we talk about other things and joke um so that we don't have to talk about the things we didn't prepare for we're horrible at taking notes we're horrible at holding people accountable we're horrible at the basics and so to get the basics right um that's kind of, I think, where the software can be really helpful, right? Like, if you could show up prepared, would you spend less time talking around issues um, or less time discovering what issues exist and more time resolving issues, right? Um, if you spent more time documenting those next steps, would you easily be able to hold people accountable um, without feeling like a micromanager, right? Could you just point to, um, you know, an item on a, on, a, on an app, on a screen somewhere and say, hey, did you do this thing you said you were going to do last week? Um, and all of a sudden, people are going to quickly start, you know, showing up, you know, accountable, prepared um, and with their stuff done for that meeting every week because they know consistently they're going to get asked if they didn't do their task. Hey, what happened? Um, and, uh, and I think if you do those tiny little things right, um, uh, it's almost like the rest of it takes care of itself. And so um, I'm going to sound horrible some of these tips but really it's like um take a look at the meetings that exist on your calendar and um do you need all of them right and the answer is probably um no uh and then what i would advocate for is like if you're an average manager you 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 should have uh, one-on-ones dedicated time for your employees um set on a reoccurring cadence exact same time um exact same day uh so that you know it's there don't move them, right? Um, so that if you, if anything pops up, you can batch it into a one-on-one. Uh, have a reoccurring team meeting, um, same day, same time, right? Um, so that when there is news to share, um, it's there and you can use it. Um, and these are kind of, um, especially now, right, in the current climate, like these are good meetings to have because if you do have to share bad news, um, you know you have an opportunity to share it. And then, um, set this is like gonna sound crazy but like set an agenda right like um you know write out what you want to talk about share that agenda ahead of the meeting so everyone knows um actually talk about those things document the next steps and then um uh at the start of the next meeting make sure everyone got their stuff done like it really really basic 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 things 
Um, but the funny thing is, right, like if you read any of these popular business books, whether it's high output management or if it's the Rockefeller Habits or if it's, uh, you know, the Drucker, any of the Drucker stuff or if it's right, like you're going to get a chapter in each of those books that basically says the exact same tips. And if these books are 40 years old, 60 years old, 20 years old, 10 years old, even if you're reading Radical Candor, they talk about that weekly meeting, right? Um, even if they're a couple years old, if they're still talking about the same things, I believe that's because these are core human, um, the, the core parts of like the, the humans going to work. Um, and they remain fundamentally unchanged over the past 50 years where everything else has changed. That means those are probably things to get good at because it'll probably serve you in your leadership career for the next 50 years, right? So these are things I think you should like stop doing what you're doing and like study up, get really, really good at them because they're going to pay dividends over the course of your career. Well, I think the, the reinforcement of those basic competencies and those basic frameworks is unbelievably valuable in any climate, but especially in the, the current climate. And I'm, I'm kind of curious, you know, you've, you've spent a decade or more in the employee engagement kind of leadership space. You run a company that is focused on it. Where do you struggle or from your own company's perspective a, a year from now, what would you like to see improved on maybe even just from an employee engagement perspective of your own firm? At, at our own company. Yeah, I think so. If, if I look at myself, like it's funny because um, often we have an app for one-on-ones. We have an app for team meetings and, and some of these meeting habits that people often assume, oh, you must be like an expert at it. You must be really good at these things. And uh, it's my joke is like, it's funny because um, if I was really good at these things naturally, I would have never thought I needed an app for it, right? Like the fact that I thought an app could help me here means I'm, uh, you know, it doesn't necessarily come naturally to me. Like I'm not naturally um, the super type A organized person who shows up prepared for every meeting. I, I, I need something that helps me. And so that's in a way, you know, I'm creating an app for myself here a little bit. Um, so if I look at our organization, we're going through a lot of changes. Um, and so I think from um, a culture standpoint, from an engagement standpoint, um, uh, I'm, I'm curious to see things normalize a little bit. So obviously we're all working from home right now, um, which has really put a test on some of our traditions and rituals we have in our organization. Um, you know, every week, uh, I do an all hands and now, you know, and part of that is like, I nominate someone to gong the start of the, the week. And, you know, obviously we can't mail the gong to everyone's house. So like that, you know, some of these things are changing. Um, and then actually like weirdly enough, our office lease is up and uh, we're currently all work from home. We actually can't even use the office, so we're not going to renew it. Um, meaning we're going to go fully remote wow. um, when this is all over. So part of this to us is a transition from like a, you know, almost like an in-your-face overhearing, um, you know, the water cooler chatter culture to a uh, fully remote culture. Um, and, uh, and so I'm, I'm really curious to see us become a little bit more of a deliberate, written, um, uh, remote um, culture um, and... Um, discover how like you know friendships can form in that environment um versus uh you know and the the kind of fun 
open concept office, right? It's almost like we went a full 180 from the open concept office to like everyone is like in their own apartment um, in, in the, the opposite of open concept, far away from each other. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really curious. I mean, we had a, a like a world-class, we've won tons of awards, but you know, best, best company to work for, best culture, all of those things with the, uh, you know, in-person stuff. So I'm, I'm really excited to see, you know, how, how do we recreate and change some of that um, by going remote? Well, it seems like what you're struggling with is, is probably what a lot of companies are going to struggle with and see as an incredible opportunity to try to recreate some of those things that were so valuable and, and impactful when you could all be, you know, in the same room or in, in similar locations. Um, one, one thing that I'm just curious about, you can kind of hear in your voice how passionate you are about this field and this space and have, have, you know, dedicated a good portion of your life to it. If you weren't doing this, you know, what would you be doing? What are you really curious about? And if you couldn't be working in this space, where would you want to be working? Man, I don't know. Um, I think about it a lot, actually. Um, so at the core, I'm more of a builder than, than anything else. Like I'm a, a guy, my co-founder, I think it's the same. When, we, when we're faced with problems, we just, we want to write code. Um, and, uh, as much as like, I actually don't do too much of that anymore. And I'm, you know, primarily doing the leadership things we talk about all the time, and, um, you know, fundraising and finance and HR stuff and marketing and whatever I'm, um, uh, my default, if I was to like do something that gave me, uh, you know, way more energy than I spent would be, um, you know, building apps. And like, I guess that's how I ended up building an app. Right. Hmm. Um, so I would. I would like to say it'd be something like that. Um, but I think, uh, uh, you know, I, I'm curious to see how larger companies, um, you know, have scaled out their processes now that I've spent so much time building our processes. I'm, I'm curious about, you know, um, uh, obviously the startup space, um, the technology space, uh, you know, SaaS in general, product led growth. Um, building companies kind of in this era I'm really passionate about. So that that stuff I study for work anyways, and, um, you know, obviously would be uh, uh, excited to um, kind of continue down that journey and continue continue learning that, whether it's this this product or a different product. Well, that is a, a wonderful spot to um, end the conversation. Thank you for all of your time. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shift us to cool. our final two questions, which are rapid fire. And we ask all of our great guests this. So question number one is, if you could describe your leadership style in one word, what would that word be? Um, uh, 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 genuine, maybe I would try to, I would try to be uh, gen genuine with yeah, I, the, the people. I, I really appreciate the thought that went into that rapid fire question. <laughs> I will move to our final rapid fire question, which is what is the best piece of advice that you have ever received? Oh my God. Um, there's so many. Um, I would say, it, you know, it hits you, it hits you when, when you need it. Um, what's one I can give you? Uh, um, I think uh, the best piece of advice one I think about a lot is it's not really a piece of advice. It's a quote I read <clears throat> and it's uh, if you think about a, a problem long enough, um, uh, it often, often becomes a people problem. Hmm. And uh, as a founder, it's likely your fault, 
right? So if you're dealing with something, a sales, sales marketing issue or an engineering problem or something, you know, we all go to work as humans and we create these processes. So um, likely if there's a problem happening at work, um, you boil it down hard enough, it's a people problem. And um, if you're a leader um, and, uh, and, and you were there, at least for some of these creations, then, then it's for sure your fault. So, um, so I think if you kind of look at it with those two lenses, you're, you're likely to, to be able to solve most of the problems you, you bump into day to day. Well, thank you for all the, uh, the great insight, Brennan. Where can our listeners find out more about you? So I would say start with our website and obviously sign up to Soapbox. It's free um, and you get a, a free trial of our pro offering if you want to check that out. So that's SoapboxHQ.com. Um, you can find us on Twitter, SoapboxHQ. Um, and if you want me, I would say, you know, Twitter is probably the best place to go um, where I am. Uh, as at I underscore am underscore Brennan. Um, and uh, DMs are open. So if you want advice or to chat or whatever, feel free to just uh, um, uh, hit me up. Well, I will thank you and I will thank all of our listeners. And if you enjoyed today's show, we would love a rating and review in your podcast app of choice. And we truly appreciate sharing our show with your network. You can find me on social media at Matthew Confer, and you can find our organization Ability, that is A-B-I-L-I-T-I-E at Ability.com. And be sure to subscribe so that you get our next episode. And I want to thank all of you for joining us on the Learn to Leave podcast.